Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Morale Clubhouse. This episode is brought to you by Clubhouse Athletic Custom Team Apparel. If you're looking for new jerseys for your 16-inch softball league or if you're coaching a little league team, they got you covered. Any colors you want, any design you want, they'll hook it up. Go to their website to get some design inspiration. They got hundreds of designs on there for you and fill out a custom form to get going. Make sure to let them know that Morale sent you and you get additional 25% off your order. www.clubhouseathletic.com It's www.clubhouseathletic.com Now let's get it. Take it off. Take All it right. Away. Everyone, thank you for joining us. Um, as we do this every week, sometimes there are some, uh, you know, positive things that happened since the last uh, morale, Twitter space, clubhouse, whatever you want to call this, town hall. Sometimes there are bad things. And unfortunately, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, I do not believe we've won a game since the last one, correct? I believe you may be correct. I'll, I'll do your fact five over the last. Normally, normally I come into this being like, all right, well, let's look at some of the positive things. And there are a few, even though they're kind of far between. Um, it has been a rough stretch. The Yankee series was tough. The loss in Baltimore was tough, even though uh, Christopher Morrell had a great game. I know he had a tough weekend. Last night kind of was a cherry on the top for the past week with bad news coming out. Everyone knows my – um appreciation my love for you darvish and his family he looked absolutely fantastic and i'm not i don't want to make this twitter space all about that but um it would be hard for me to move forward without acknowledging how good you darvish looked last night 35 years old still pumping 95 96 still throwing the nasty cutter still striking guys out still having the fire on the mound i mean when he struck out ian last night i think that was in the eighth got that big roar from him kind of you know vintage uh, his time here as a Cub, uh, there's plenty of videos out there when he's just fired up. I miss that. I'm not going to lie. I miss that. And uh, I feel like that's kind of what this past week has been. You get absolutely blown out by the Yankees. Throw BP to the Yankees for two two games. Anthony Rizzo hits a tank. Uh, just get absolutely embarrassed. And then last night, just have bad news. Just shove it down this lineup's throat. So it was tough. But um, a few positive things we'll go into. Justin Steele being one of them. He shoved last night after almost losing his hand. Um, I want to hear everyone's thoughts as always and, uh, you know, try to figure this out and how we move forward because the trade deadline's approaching. I'm assuming many of you want to talk about trades. Many of you want to talk about props uh, because that is becoming a, you know, serious uh, topic at hand for the Chicago Cubs right now because the team's whatever, 14, 15 games under 500. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of different uh, components and signs about the Cubs' direction after the core. But um, I feel like you don't know the biggest moments were like, okay, here we what, – what are we getting ourselves into when you traded out you, Darvish? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. It was almost – I remember when it happened uh, vividly. It was – I believe it was like December. Um, 
And I remember that news breaking that day and hearing from multiple people that it was actually going down. And at the time, I was like, all right, well, maybe they're just trying to capitalize on you Darvish's great 2020 season, which if you look back, he's fantastic in 2020. I know it wasn't long ago, but maybe Cubs fans forgot how good he was in that shortened season. Uh, so maybe at the time I was thinking, well, they're just trying to capitalize on a you know close to Cy Young season. He's older. Uh, he's at the end of his deal, so on and so forth. But it really was the sign, as you were saying, Adam, of, you know, the rebuild, right? And, uh, again, this week kind of signified how it seems like not all the other Cubs, but many of the other Cubs that went on to play for teams that are much better than our team right now are moving in one direction, and we're moving in the opposite direction. So it's kind of hard to fathom. I know we've talked about it at length in terms of whether or not it's acceptable. Everyone knows my thoughts on that. Um, But... Yeah, it is very humbling to see some some of your you know beloved players go on and have great games and with great teams, and you're kind of sitting there again throwing home run derby to the Yankees over the course of a weekend. Really tough. I, I don't want to. I don't want to sell, sell. I love Frank Schwindel, but I don't want to watch him throw a VP, uh, especially when your team is, is struggling like we are right now. All right, before we start bringing everybody in, I uh, want to bring up the Pride of Lou Sale, Mississippi, last night. night. Sure. Two inning, I mean, two games in a row now, seven innings plus. <laughs> um, I tweeted out last night, He, him taking that fastball off the hand, I wouldn't expect anything else from the guy. Uh, he, I mean, legitimately could have, could have broke his hand last night and stayed in for an extra six innings. Uh, I was told that he was – Basically, he should have came out, but the Cubs, like, needed him to be in there, and he just went out and shoved. Like, he didn't have that stuff when he struck out three guys, but just takes the ball, gets after it. Big country fastballs like we've been talking about. The slider has been great. And, again, I'm not saying, you know, Justin Steele's the best pitcher of all time, but, goddamn, he's really, like, showing what he can do after, again, like, very well could have came out of that game. Young pitcher, been like, no, this isn't for me. Like, you know, I'm not, it's not worth it. Like, why am I going to try to pitch through this? Again, like – his index finger was pretty swollen and he pitched the whole game. Uh, it's just pretty incredible. He did last night against a good offense uh, with good players, Manny Machado, so on and so forth. And just, uh, just shoved. He's awesome. He's, I'm, I'm not going to say he's like John Lester, but he's talked uh, himself about his, John, John Lester's influence on him. And I mean, again, I'm not saying he's John Lester, but he had, he's kind of cut from the same cloth. And as we talked about last week, Adam, he is like the true, like Southern cub. John Lester was always the the fake uh, fake Southern boy when he grew up in Tacoma, Washington. Um, Justin Steele is a true country boy throwing big country fastballs, and it's absolutely fantastic to see. He could have came out of the game, swollen index finger, took it right off the hand, goes out, shuts his mouth, shuts the other team down for uh, seven innings of one-run ball. Absolutely fantastic. I love the guy. And uh, we're talking about last week. I know Keegan Thompson's had a tough uh, last few starts, but Justin's just grinding away. He's had some tough starts uh, in terms of not getting a lot of help defensively, a lot of weak contact getting through. Now finally starting to see the fruits of his labor. And I'll go back to it again for the last thing. He's been the best pitcher on the staff throughout the entire rotation, throughout the entire bullpen, most productive pitcher. Now I'm thinking of Cubs fans to talk about that recently. Easily could have just taken that. Cubs are 2-8 and eight in the last Easily. Ten. No reason to fight, you know, fight through seven innings in the – we are in the season, but that's yeah. definitely of a grinder right there. Just He's just a grinder. He's just a grinder, dude. And it's like, again, I know that doesn't win you ballgames all the time, but you need some of that on your team. And, and hopefully Justin, which I think he will, 
will be part of that next great Cubs team. I know there's a lot of questions. When's that going to be? Is that going to be next year? Is that going to be 2024? Is that going to be 2025? He's young enough, and he's getting better, and he's proving that he, whether, again, whether he's a long man, whether he's a dominant relief pitcher, whether he's a starter, uh, what have you, I know the two-pitch mix kind of holds him back, but still, he's just gritty. He's just tough. He's just a competitor, and uh, there's a lot of value in that that I think the metrics or numbers don't always equate or uh, value in terms of when you're looking at a player's output. Justin Steele just has all those intangibles that you want in starting pitcher. All right, we'll start bringing everybody in. Uh, we'll start the litany of questions. I think everyone's also – feel free to just let loose, you know, let out yeah, your let frustrations. I mean, team. I, Let's... Hey, if you're frustrated, I get it. Like, I know a lot of Cubs fans were tweeting me over the weekend about Rizzo and uh, the home – I mean, <laughs> well, you, I tweeted out some of my mentions of, of Cubs fans getting mad that Rizzo kind of pimped that home run. And then we have other Cubs fans saying that he, he's not the best first baseman in Cubs history and that Derek Lee was and that Cubs fans don't understand that. It's just – when, when things start to go bad, Cubs Twitter really unravels. I'm not the first one to make that point, but uh, it really does unravel. I think that's just a product of Twitter. Uh, but and, and anyways, um, yeah, let, let loose. If you got something to say, if you're pissed off, I want to hear it. If you have some something positive to say, I know there w- weren't too many positive things to go over again, um, but let's hear it. A couple of big – I kind of forget how long, like how much things happen in a week. Uh, so a couple of things we didn't talk about last week that happened in the middle of it. Uh, Clint Frazier, DFA, hours oh before the, the return. Oh my god, I'm, I'm I totally forgot about that to be honest with you. I went off last week, and a lot of some Cubs fans got mad at me for being so critical. Uh, it's an embarrassing move, it's just an embarrassing move. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I think a lot of Cubs fans are confused by certain Cubs fans' take on the situation where some people are saying, Why are you guys standing up for Clint Frazier? Why are you thinking Clint Frazier is the second coming? Why are you thinking Clint Frazier is like you know, God's gift to baseball. We're not. It's just the matter that the Cubs are in a situation right now where they're obviously not spending. They're not trying to spend a win. They're not trying to compete. They are actively trying to tank. And if that's the situation, why are we wasting at bats on a um, unimpressive, objectively underperforming player in Jason Hayward? And I know the Jason Hayward stands are out there. I know there's people that will go to the grave for the guy. Great teammate, great human, great person, uh, great ambassador for the game, great ambassador for Chicago. I'll say all those things myself. Just looking at it objectively from a baseball standpoint, you should not be playing every day. He almost has a sub-600 OPS. And those at-bats could be used on a player like Clint Frazier, who was a you know top-five pick, who has had productive seasons in Major League Baseball through 2018 to 2020. He had like a – uh, 123 weighted runs created plus, which is really good. I know he's not a good defender, but it's just like right now is the time to try out players uh, if you are not trying to compete. And I think everyone knows, every Cubs fan knows, uh, we're not trying to compete. We don't want to win. We don't want to go to the playoffs right now. We don't want to try to win a World Series. So there's no reason why we aren't trying these guys out uh, if we've already come to the conclusion that this year does not matter from a wins and losses perspective. Um so it, it, it's just an embarrassing move. The fact that the Ricketts family won't own up, the fact that the Ricketts family just won't take Jason Hayward as a sunk cost and kind of, you know, create this double negative where, all right, it's a sunk cost. The contract is a bust. It's um, loading the, the salary. Fine. But you're also, again, hurting the team by having it play every single day and having, you know, David Ross, who, God, I just wish he wouldn't said it. He was so dumb. And I don't know if Jed told him to say it or someone else told him to say it that they need 
Jason Hayward. I'm sorry, they needed to cut Clint Frazier so Chris Martin could be on the team. It's just it's just embarrassing. It was an embarrassing move. Uh, and again, it's a slap in the face to all the Cubs fans who I don't know if the organization, I don't know if it's Jed, I don't know if it's David Ross, I don't know who it is that think that Cubs fans don't understand this and don't see what's going on. It's just a slap in the face. And I don't mean to be negative all the time, but when, when something like that happens, it's just absolutely embarrassing. And I can't believe they thought that would a go over well or b that that was the right thing to do just just embarrassing and uh again tom ricketts jed hoyer everyone over there in charge are going to have to put their foot in the ground are going to have to actually commit themselves to winning because i saw the stat yesterday last year at this time we were in first place since then i believe we are 56 and 101 and that number is just going to get much worse we've lost almost 50 more games than we've won over the course of uh, a year and that is super troubling and all the stuff about culture all the stuff we talked about or the team talked about you know the cubs way uh the standard that was set the winning the priority the you know top of the payroll the championships has all pretty much been washed away over the course of a year just because of the team's inability or um content to uh tank and not try to be competitive which is tough, and that's kind of the situation we're at right now as Cubs fans. Well, one uh, one more thing to bring up. I think uh, both Southside and Northside fans appreciated a little distraction from um, from everything happening at baseball clubs. Justin Fields hitting a bomb in Wrigley. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, listen, I, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not as big as. Uh, a Bears fan, as I have a Cubs fan, obviously, it's kind of hard to do what I do and be as locked in as I am for six to eight months out of the year on the Chicago Cubs and then try to put the same attention to the Bears. But at the same time, it's just awesome. <laughs> the fact that he's hitting balls out to uh, Waveland, hitting balls off the apartments, it's fantastic. I can't wait for Bears football now because obviously the Cubs are struggling and it's probably going to get worse when a lot of players are traded in a couple of weeks. Um but yeah, it's uh, it got me excited for football. I know uh, White Sox fans and Cubs fans seem to fight over Justin Fields because he goes to you know all the games and he'll throw out the first pitch in one place and then throw out the first pitch in the other stadium. Uh, but he's still Chicago's quarterback, and uh, I am excited for football just because of that. And then tanks out to you know Belmont Harbor or Foster Beach, whatever it may be. All right, open up the clubhouse now. We're gonna go, uh, Matt. Danny, Haas, Lucas, Lucas, the order was requested in. So, Matt, kick us off. All right. So, I've always lived by the motto that I got to do one negative and one positive. Like, if I give too many negatives, my life will just suck. Um, so, I'm going to go with the positive first. Uh, you guys already talked about it. Justin Steele. Like, that guy is a – he's a gamer. That guy is legit. I, I Like, you know, like, when somebody goes out and doesn't have their best stuff and still gets through seven innings, like, that's like – like, that's a guy that you want in your rotation long term. So, I'm going to – Make that my positive. Like, good job, Justin Steele. But it, it has to, like, like, what direction is this organization going? And I don't understand. How are you going to say that we're trying to build the next great Cubs team and we're giving Jonathan VR and Jason Hayward at bats over a guy like Clint Frazier? Like, that is just absolutely ridiculous. I agree. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a tough sell right now. And I've been thinking about it recently. And I, I think, uh, Matt, I appreciate you making the point. I think from my standpoint, there were, and I've been, debating on tweeting this but it is kind of super negative um there's two problems that i have right now it's one either jed the ricketts family everyone in charge decided that uh this team is going to compete all right and we're actually going to try to win or 
they lied about trying to compete. And if they said they were going to compete, well, they've done a terrible job in trying to put a productive team on the field. And then thing about trying to compete is almost just as worse. So they're in a tough spot. And honestly, I don't think this is going to happen at the end of the year. But I need to hear from somebody like at the end of this year, be like, hey, man, this year was an absolute failure because it was. It was I, like I I understand that um, the team is 15th in payroll. That doesn't necessarily justify being at the top of, you know, the National League or anything like that. But just like there's been really it's very few and far between short of like a really hot three weeks for Christopher and Deacon Thompson pitching well and Justin Steele, you know, having his moments. Ian Happ having his moments, say, kind of coming up. Other than that, it has been really rough going. Um, you can find a few other things, but like you cannot look at the season as a, as a success at all. And it's, it, that, that's troubling because it just seems like they've kind of shot themselves in, a, in the foot in many scenarios and their goal to compete or their goal to get, you know, some of these young players on the field hasn't really shown out because again, they're DFAing guys like Chris Frazier. They're not giving as many opportunities to players who deserve it. And they're, they're playing these veterans that just, don't the trajectory of where the Cubs are going. So it, yeah, it is troubling, Matt. I do appreciate the one positive and one negative, but uh, I don't have a lot of answers for you there. I, that, that that's why I said that that um, transaction with Clint Frazier was just absolutely embarrassing. See, and I would be okay with like okay. Obviously, I'm never going to be okay with throwing a home run derby to the Yankees, right? Yeah. But I'm a little bit more okay with that if Clint Frazier's in right field and he too hits, you know. But I'm sitting out here watching Jason Hayward. Like ground out to the second baseman six times, like it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I know. I actually want to look up a stat, Matt, about a player who has had as many at bats as he had. I, I want to know which player has had the worst like uh, like contact percentage, or who has hit the most, uh, you know, weak fly balls or weak ground balls. Because I guarantee Jason Hayward has to have the highest number of weak contact at bats in the major leagues. For like a player who has gotten consistent at bats for like seven years, it's absolutely crazy. He's the one guy. He's literally the one guy who has been able to milk this contract and not get DFA'd. If he was on the Yankees right now, if he was on the you know the Mets, he would have been gone two years ago. And it's just it again. It, it's troubling. It's not the stuff you want to see. We should be prioritizing these at bats for younger players, even if these younger players aren't going to amount to anything. Even if we're just trying guys out, like there's no reason to go and commit to Jason Hayward when David Ross is literally saying he has to play against right hand hitting. It's mind blowing. The fact that he said that out loud. Um, and it, it's really troubling. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I'll let somebody Thanks, else. Matt. I appreciate it. Thanks Matt. All right, Danny rocket. How's it going? Danny. Hey guys. How you doing? How are you doing Danny? this? Thanks. For, well, I'm good. I'm uh, just uh, taking my own little lunch break right now. And then you guys were on. So I'm, thought I'd come on and, and pretty much talk about the same thing because I think we're all pretty baffled about the Clint Frazier thing. And, and the only the only thing I thought that was maybe just like a little bit of curveball on the whole thing was, you know, he's been very vocal about his displeasure with the Yankees. And yeah. I, I just I, – I don't think they're going to make a baseball decision based on him dissing another team so vocally. Um, but, you know, it doesn't help your case as far as if they don't like you – Maybe they just don't like it. I don't. We didn't never really got to know him in his put forty three at bats yeah. as a Cub. Yeah, and and they obviously didn't give him a fair shake. But he had the appendicitis. He's got the the uh, concussion problems. Maybe they're seeing something in the training room 
and maybe him as a person. I, I don't know. Maybe there's some behind the scenes stuff here that we're not seeing. And then the other question I have that's totally related is because everybody's like mad that Hayward's still on the team because and Clint Frazier is gone. But when Saya comes back, I and know. when Bo- when Bodie comes back, then Hayward's not getting cut. Right? I mean, that's what I'm wondering. Like, who's getting cut? Like, are they going to get rid of Christopher Morale? Because that would – if you want no reason to show up at Wrigley Field, you just gave you just gave it to me. Yeah. Right there. No. So, what do you think they'll do? That's my question. Danny, I appreciate you. Um, yeah. I, man, you're right. David Bodie, like, you, are you looking at VR? Are you looking at uh, – VR's got to go. Yeah, are you looking – like, who, who, who else are you looking at right – I don't know. I, like, I hear you. I'm, I hear Simmons, you too. Don't forget about Simmons. Simmons yeah, I, I, I hear you. When when you're saying, you know, for Cubs fans, they're kind of going down the list right now being like, when is this day going to come for Jason Hayward? When when is this actually going to happen? Um, I I think, again, I think Cubs Twitter, not, even if we didn't lose our minds totally last week uh, with the Clint Frazier news, I think once Saya comes back and Bodie comes back, if Jason Hayward's still on the roster, I think it's just going to be a full-blown nightmare because it just does not make sense and, like, Danny, I'm kind of at a loss for words right now because you're right, and I know Danny, you're you're one of the guys who who shows up all the time. You live in the neighborhood. You're you're just totally locked into the team. You're totally invested in the team, and it's just, I mean, Danny, I was thinking about this morning your video with Tom Ricketts when you asked him straight up, "Are we going to be good?" You know, next year, and he's like, "Yeah, we're going to have a good. We're going to compete. We're going to spend whatever it was." Um, man, just like a year later from that, it's just like really tough, and we're we're having these same conversations about you know. What is Jason Hayward doing on the team? Why is he playing? Why is he playing against right-handed hitters? Why Why is he playing when he has a sub-600 OPS? Just these types of things, which is really troubling and, frankly, really annoying. Can I can I follow up that race? Because, yeah. Um, yeah, that was just last year when we lost to the Twins. And I kind of a call field if you don't know the story. And I, and I said, come on, Tom, we're losing to the Twins out here. And he goes, he just looked right up at me. He goes, oh, we'll be good next year. And he didn't say great. He didn't say excellent. <laughs> He didn't say we'd be incredible. He said we'd be good next year. And uh, But then I actually just saw Tom Ricketts at a uh, Club 400 event with my friend Stuart. He just opened up a place in Wrigleyville. And Ricketts came over between games of the doubleheader against the Cardinals. Well, everybody's cornering him in the kitchen, and I just kind of like well, – I, I kind of wallflowered on it. I listened <laughs> to what he was talking about. And um, I couldn't believe what I heard. Uh, but he said in the kitchen – and it was – I wrote it down. And then uh, – got confirmation from my friend Matt that he really did say this. And he was talking about Correa and why the Cubs didn't go for Correa. Uh, or or there are rumors who have gone for him. But he yeah. said – but Ricketts was against was against it anyway. And he was like, it's fine. And what he said was, we would have had to give up the seventh pick in the second round if we wanted somebody like that that would help. That's literally what – I don't know if he was hitting or like – Yeah, I know. I mean, it's – but, you know, there's – Basically, the, what the answer is, there's no one coming to help. If you're packing Wrigley Field and selling $12 beers and $50,000 ups next to the people, like what incentive do you have to spend any of that money on a team when they're showing up for uh, Andrelton Simmons in the gag? Yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't there last night, but the bleachers looked like it was rocking. I know uh, it probably wasn't as packed on the other end or for the rest of the stadium. But, yeah, you're right, Dean. I can't believe you said that. That's crazy. Um, I, I think these are the problems – for, for like the fans that are like truly invested and have paid attention to this team for a long time, it's not the micro transactions of Clint Frazier or, you know, not going after Correa or not trying to get another starting pitcher or not adding to the payroll in one off season. 
it's the macro of like 2018 post Craig Kimbrell signing on to now. It's like all the transactions, all the moves that have not been made, all the times the team has simply just passed on any situation where they actually had to put in a little bit of money or they actually had to put a little risk up uh, to really invest in the product on the field. It's like these are these are trends and now they're actually becoming habits and Cubs fans have caught on to that. And it's just, uh, that, that's just at least many Cubs fans, myself included, kind of shaking our head. I'm like, all right, well, when we are going to be good again, if we are, again, because nothing's given, like these prospects very well could flame out. Like Ed Howard just, you know, blew up his hip the other night. Uh, like <laughs> it, nothing's guaranteed. I know every Cubs fan thinks it is because it happened, you know, 2015, 16, 17, but like, how 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 can we be sure that the, the Cubs actually are invested enough to go after it, be a team like the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers, even though they have the financial resources to do so, to will themselves to be a competitive team, to be a top of the NL Central every year? And again, like I, I don't want to be the person out there to say they can't do it, but I think every day, every week, every month, and now I mean, every year uh, that we pass from like a competitive team, like they kind of need to prove it to everyone else, and I, I think it's very reasonable for Cubs fans to be like, you kind of you kind of have to show us, even though you were the you know the group and you were the executives that brought us the World Series and brought us the golden era of Cubs baseball. Like you kind of have to prove it again because you're not really showing, and the words that you're speaking are not representative of an individual that actually wants to win. It's just someone that wants to save money, that look to the future, that that wants to try to thread the needle. All these things we've heard over the last couple of years. Uh, that's representative of your mindset and your thought process on how to build a team instead of like, we want to win. We want the Chicago Cubs to be on top. We'll do anything we can to make sure the Cubs are the best team in the, in the NL Central and one of the top teams in the National League. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate the insight, Danny. The best. Big Hoss, next on. How's it going? How's it going, man? I'm I'm pissed, bro. I'm, I, if I got a CBR and Hayward and a freaking up again, bro. I'm, I'm just not gonna watch this game, bro. I can't. It's like the bottom five of the order are just pathetic. It's tough, big hoss. Yeah, no, I get it, and that's why you know when I think where I kind of look to now is all right. When Justin Seals pitching, gotta watch. Even though I'm watching every single game, Keegan Thompson's pitching, gotta watch. When Marcus Stroman comes back, you know, God, I mean, again, we're in a situation right now where we have like the fourth or fifth or third worst right in the. Uh, major leagues right now he's got to be looked at as a trade piece you know moving forward if he can get back healthy um it's it's those types of things where you might not be watching for the wins and losses but you're watching for christopher morale to you know do something really exciting or when say comes back to the tank and he hasn't hit one since april like things like that and i get it dude i get it especially for the fans that are spending the hard-earned money the season ticket holders that were told we were going to compete and told to be competitive um and they, they they put those down payments down at the beginning of the fall. Like, yeah, I, I understand it, and I don't blame anyone for any these feelings. Uh, it's tough. It's, it's tough. I, I I keep saying a loss for words, but it's just like at one point you, you need you, you need some more things to go off of, or else this season, especially after the trade deadline, is going to be really. Oh, it's, it's going to be brutal if if, yeah. if they're unwatchable right now. Just wait till Contreras is gone and. Freaking! You might even have Ian Happ gone. You might. Oh, that's gonna be bad. Yeah, no, I think everyone's on the table. Ian Happ. I mean, Ian's our guy. Like he's having a fantastic year. He's cut down the strikeouts. He's not hitting for as much power, but he's playing really good defense. 
I don't see why he wouldn't be like a prime trade piece for a team. I mean, you look at the Yankees, man, like the short porch, like he can do damage out there. He's versatile. There's plenty of other teams that would want someone like him. And I think a lot of Cubs fans um, take for granted the players that we have. Granted, we don't have that many like really good players right now or like good players right now. Um, but like those numbers have to be filled. And it's not like you can just go to the minor leagues and expect for another like Wendell or Patrick Wisdom to go out and like play out of their mind. It's really hard to do. The numbers have to be there. If you want to, if you want to win, the numbers have to be there from regardless of who the player is, player X, player Y, Sammy Sosa, whoever it is, the numbers got to be there. And I think a lot of Cubs fans right now just take for granted, even on a really bad team, take for granted the fact that Wilson Contreras is having the best year of his career. Ian Happ's having the best year of his career. You know, uh, the bullpen, while it has had some rough outings recently, I will admit, uh, has had really good outings from guys like Scott Efros and Robertson. And it's just, again, yeah. Like those those spots when you give up those players, they got to get filled by someone, and if those guys can't, you know, uh, produce at the same level, it's just going to get worse. Yeah, it's 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 definitely worse, and I and I, don't, I can't imagine how bad it's going to get. You know, it's going to get real bad. I hear you, big boss. I hear you. We're gonna pull through it. <laughs> Number one pick. Here we come. Yeah, I I hate saying that, but yeah, no. <laughs> hey, at least we're gonna win something this year, right? Yeah, I hear you. All right, Lucas, you're next on. Yeah. Uh, so, man, dude, I'm just sitting no, we can't. staring at baseball reference and seeing that the Cardinals literally have one losing record since 2000. Like, should that not be enough motivation for us to be competitive every single year, like your biggest rival? You know what I mean? Yeah, you're totally right. And I think a lot of Cubs fans have talked about it uh, recently. I mean, you look at the Cardinals, they made two fantastic – I mean, for the for guy who says they're the dumbest organization, which they are um, – they did make two fantastic trades with Goldschmidt and Arenado, two cornerstones for their franchise. But other Cubs fans have, have made uh, good points over the years by saying that, you know, the Cardinals have always kind of pieced it together. They've, like, added guys to the roster. They've, you know, nickeled and dimed. They've, you know, developed guys. And here they are, like, again, at the top of the division, doing big things. Uh, and I hate saying that. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. And I just think it comes down to – the Chicago Cubs for years during the golden era saying the standard is set now. It's, it's a two, it's a new priority. Uh, there's a new expectation for what Chicago Cubs baseball should be for how the Chicago Cubs should play for what fans should expect from team on a consistent basis. And they aren't living up to that. And I like to the point where, you know, Jed, like, do you, like, do you realistically know how to retool a roster or is it rebuild or bust is, or is it, you know, a total, you know, down and then kind of see what happens after that. Or can you actually retool? Can you work on the fly? Can you be creative? Can you be innovative? Can you, uh, you know, piece things together when, when things aren't working from a year in year out basis. And unfortunately, Jed is kind of proving that that's not the case. Uh, he kind of needs to tear it all down, get rid of all the fat or all the, you know, productive players you had, and then you know, start anew, which again, here in Chicago should not be the standard. That should not be acceptable. That should not be something that we uh, are witnessing, you know, twice in a 10-year period. It's it's a joke. It's frustrating. And, uh, yeah, you're totally right about the Cardinals. They've While they've – well, you know what? They've won two World Series in the past 15-some-odd years. And the Chicago Cubs have won one. But we, we haven't been as competitive. We haven't tried to be as competitive. And uh, that's why we're in the situation where we're at right now. Thanks, Lucas. We bring on uh, Cody next, and then we're going to Jake. All right, guys, can you hear me? What's up, Cody? Ah, uh, man, uh, 
sorry if you hear some heavy breathing. I'm currently on a treadmill, sweating out my sins and all my anger for the Chicago Cubs right now. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's like, is this year's team, like, worse than 2012 record-wise? Like, could they lose more than 101 games? And it's like, with how things are going right now and how things have gone, it's like, I, 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 I can't say no. And that's what's tough. And, and, and the thing is, and we've reiterated it a few times, is like, organizationally, the Cubs are in a better spot than they were in 2012. So I don't understand why things are going where they are. I don't know why. You know, the front office chose to go this route. And, uh, yeah, man, like, that's that's the most frustrating thing to me. This yeah. should this team shouldn't be this bad. I know injuries have been a big problem. Um, but it's just very, like, disheartening. And, again, I don't blame season ticket holders for being pissed. Don't blame them. Don't blame people for not going. It's just uh, we all deserve better, man. That's, like, that's the biggest thing to me. Cody, and I appreciate. I think the one thing that stands out to me, and while I'm not, I'm not going to totally disagree with you, but I think for context, for and I think you would agree with it as well. While if you look back to 2012, sure, the Cubs, uh, you know, they had Rizzo, they had Javi, they didn't have Chris Bryant yet, but I think everyone would remember like how this team ascended from 14 to 13 in terms of the minor leagues. Getting Chris Bryant became the best player in the minor leagues. That that should not go unnoticed. And I, I'm not saying Cubs fans do think that. But, like, it's really hard to say uh, how the Cubs stack up essentially next year to where the Cubs were in 2013 from a farm system standpoint. Because, man, it's, it's really hard to try to say, like, hey, yeah, we have another Chris Bryant waiting in the wings. Yeah, we have, you know, another Anthony Rizzo. We have another Javi Baez. Sure, we have good players. Brendan Davis, DJ Herz, uh Owen Casey, uh, you can go up and down the list, but like PCA, but like at the same time, man, like those guys the Cubs had were absolute dudes and they came, came up and they, it's, and I, I don't want to lose sight of that. It's like, just because, just because it worked in, in 15, 16, 17 does not mean it's going to work again. I'm not viewing that from a pessimistic standpoint. It's just the reality of like what the Cubs did back then and the way they did it literally changed the game. Uh, and it is wishful thinking to believe that the Cubs can recreate that. Jed said it himself in the landscape Major League Baseball is in right now, and just thinking about how difficult it is to truly build this young uh, foundation when there have been plenty of teams, all the you know middle to small market teams who have gotten the top pick every single year, and you know haven't been able to put it together and haven't like they should have all the they should have all the t- uh, prospects in the world they have all the supplemental first round picks they have all the the reasons to have all the young talent and obviously that's not the case so um, I don't want to call it wishful thinking but I think we should and I, I know Cody you think about it this way too but I, I think we should just always think back to man the Cubs got so lucky back then hitting every single guy Javi Rizzo Chris Bryant. Addison Russell, even though we really don't want to mention him. Jorge Soler had some big moments and would go out on to have a you know solid career. Uh, I know the pitching prospects weren't there, but again, we can really account for many young players that came through and produced immediately. Uh, and it's kind of hard to say that that is absolutely going to happen this time around again. Like, like Cody, you're kind of cutting out for us. Um, but just to echo your point, I, I totally agree. 
And I am all, I'm also just kind of dumbfounded in the fact that the Cubs or pretty much fans don't realize, I mean, we've, we've seen it firsthand here. Think about all the first free agents that have come here and the first year flopped or did not have the same season we would have expected them to have. John Lester, like, you know, good first year, but not fantastic. Uh, Hugh Darvish gets hurt, obviously not good. Jason Hayward gets hurt. I'm sorry, did not get hurt. It was just flat out bad. Never worked out from the jump. Uh, you could you say Marcus Stroman. I mean, he's been hurt. He has really well. He's had some, some good outings, but like, this year, very could this year very well could come down to like, hey, first year in a city, uh, wasn't acclimated, needs to get his feet underneath them, and then we'll pitch better uh, in year two and year three. I think that's something that's very reasonable, and that's why I never like the fact of being like, all right, let's spend when the Cubs are good, because again, these players are human beings. They got to move to a new city. They got to uh, move their families. They got to get accustomed to new players, new coaches, a new organization, and it's just hard to expect the guys to perform like they're playing in a video game when it's just not the case and we've seen it way too many times and i would have hoped and i that's why i was you know championing the fact of being like hey let's spend let's you know put a competitive team on the field let's add to this roster because a will help the team right now b will solidify the team right now and c those players will get acclimated for when the team is better in 23 24 25 those guys will be on the last years of their deals and they can kind of transition this new team into uh you know stardom or greatness whatever you want to call it because they are comfortable they are acclimated and they feel like they are part of the organization instead of being a new face a first year player uh when they might not feel totally themselves to begin with i think that's something that a lot of people forget about um and it's it's part of the human element that you know the stats and the metrics don't always uh, take into consideration thanks cody thanks, all cody. right cody crush the rest of that workout yeah, crush you might just stay on mute. All due respect, crush that workout. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just wanted to chime in, uh, Cody. Your your podcast and stuff, CHGO. That's the stuff, man. Yeah, Cody did this great work. Thanks for joining, Cody. Thanks, Cody. Cody hosts the CHGO podcast. Take a listen to that. We got another podcaster in now. Jake, how's it going? Good boys. How are we doing today? I'm good, Jake. Thanks for joining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I wanted to, to come in um, and talk about uh, – someone mentioned the Cardinals and um, their ability to just seemingly compete every year. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to preface this by saying, like, obviously eternally grateful for what Theo Epp did for the Cubs in the city of Chicago and Cubs fans all over the world. Yep. But I think it's important to note, like, it's still too soon to know if, like, what Jed is implementing – as the Cubs president of baseball operations is working. I think like at the lower levels, we're seeing success. We're seeing signs of success. But I think what happened when Theo was, was president was just this like perfect storm of guys being called up already at the same time and then losing them all in, in, in walk years at the same time. And yes, you, you know, like you could place blame on, you know, not being able to, um, to, to extend any of those players. And I still think like, despite how things are going for him this year, like I still think that, you know, Don talked about, it, it's been talked about, all, you know, all last summer, Bryant should have had Nixon. Like he, 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 in my, in my mind, um, should have been the one that was a cub for life. The homegrown guy did everything you asked of him great with the, with the fans, with the media, et cetera. But I think what's happening now 
is Jed is, I mean, I'm hoping that Jed and Carter Hawkins are seeing what happened with all of that talent leaving at the same time and realizing, okay, if we're going to do this correctly moving forward, we have to have guys who are on different timelines and then fill the gaps with complementary pieces. So I think, you know, it's tough because like you said, there really, there's no Chris Bryant, there's no Javi Baez, Rizzo, et cetera, at the upper levels of the minors. There are guys who have that potential at the lower levels but I think you two mentioned that there's someone mentioned that like those guys could flame out. Um, so yeah, someone mentioned Ed Howard, obviously Brennan Davis with the back surgery. Like that sucks. These prospects aren't guaranteed, nope. but it's, it's laying the groundwork to get things in order to, to create a sustainable um, competitive team. Yep. And, you know, I don't want, I don't want to see Contreras traded. I definitely don't want to see half traded, but like, at least one of those trades is going to happen. Hope, you know, hopefully not both, but probably both, yeah. especially if half keeps um, performing the way he has. But, but uh, this is really long winded, but I guess what I'll say is with guys like Dan Kantrovitz who came from Oakland and, you know, and St. Louis saw what they did in those organizations to fill the holes and make teams in smaller markets competitive. And then Carter Hawkins, like, look at what the, the guardians are doing this year. They're 29 and 27 second place in the AL central. And they've got guys that have just kind of come out of nowhere and been like, oh, okay, like Stephen Kwan can hit or uh, Owen. What's his face? Owen Miller. I don't remember his last name. He can hit. Um, so it's finding those guys like a Christopher Morrell who can, who can be a complimentary piece yep. and then hopefully home growing, you know, good talent and then signing when it makes sense and hopefully having them all on different timetables. So it's still going to be, you're right. I'm with you. We shouldn't have to sit through this, especially twice in 10 years. But all I can sit here and hope is that the, the front office now sees the mistakes that they made in the past and is rectifying those with the decisions here on out. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, Jake. I, I haven't thought about it that way in terms of like the um, the progressing with guys coming up and not bringing them all up at the same time. I think that's probably a point that the or many organizations have benefited from where they don't find themselves in this situation where it's like a do or die. Like we're either bringing everyone back or everyone's got to go when everyone on the team is pissed because they don't have extensions. Everyone feels like they don't want to be there anymore. Uh, I totally understand that. I, I think that's actually a really good point that uh, – I'll start to think about more and, and, and hopefully Cubs, do, Cubs fans do the same way. But yeah, kind of going back to what you were saying at the end, I still think in, in just echoing what you were saying, like I still think there's a middle ground to like being competitive, creating and keeping a standard within the organization and a standard that the fan base can feel proud of instead of like a boom or bust situation. Like I, I don't like, I think many Cubs fans would agree. Like if you came to, if you came this year and, told the fans like, Hey, like we want to try to compete for a wild card spot. Like we don't really think we can win the NL central, but we feel like we can be competitive enough to be uh, in second place. Maybe we eke into, you know, a first place spot in the NL central, but we feel like we can be competitive and are going to try to be competitive to, um, you know, get in the playoffs and, and win with maybe the older veterans. Maybe, you know, you go after a few guys that sign two to three to four year deals on the free agent market. And we're going to go about it that way and still develop our team. I still think that would be the best case uh, scenario to go through. I don't think every Cubs fan is expecting world series every single year. Uh, but I think every Cubs fan is at least expecting the standard or some type of progress to be shown over the course of, you know, a 10-year period of time where, like, now I, I don't know if you can necessarily say that because, you know, I, I'm not I'm not looking at it pes- pessimistically, but it's just hard to say, like, are we really in a better situation than we were 10 years ago 
And is it really just wishful thinking to believe that this is all going to happen in our favor again, considering it is so hard to win a World Series? Yeah, no, I think I think those are great points. And I no, I don't think we're in a better position than we are 10 years ago, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you guys, you went into that already, like talking about the talent that we had 10 years ago. Um, it's not the same. At least it, yeah. it doesn't appear to be. Um, guys can come out of nowhere. Who knows? Maybe next year we're talking about having a guy in the top 10 again, aside from Brennan Davis. Yeah. What, what could Triantos do? What could Kevin Alcantara do? I mean, yep. they're guys, but like, are they going to be dudes? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think like I've got friends who are season ticket holders. They're fucking pissed, man. And like, yep. I'm pissed for them. And it's the same reason why, like, if my name, if my name were to get called on the, on the waiting list right now, like, nah, I, I'll hold. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. good. Um, and, but it's, I- it's, it's, it's. <sighs> All, like I said, it's I'm being hopeful. I mean, I think that's kind of like what we've all, you know, had, you know, grown up as Cubs fans. Like we're, you know, every every year is next year or whatever, you know. Yeah. So it's like it's it's kind of ingrained to be hopeful, and whether that's good or bad, it is what it is. Um, but it's, yeah. I mean, it there's still things for me to be excited about, like that guy that came. Sorry for your dad losing his job. Like you know, been there. That sucks. Um, but there's still things to be happy about and be hopeful about with this Cubs team. Watching the younger guys, I, I think Cam Sanders is going to get a call up here soon with yep. the way that the rotation is. I can't wait to watch that dude. Steele had a great fucking outing last night um, against a team that mashes lefties, nonetheless. So, like, just take the you know take the little things. Um, and I know you're good at that, but like every, anybody that's listening, take the little things. Uh, we had to do that ten years ago. We got to do it now. Unfortunately, hopefully, we don't have to do it again for a long time in a couple years here, and things are looking better. But uh, yeah, Dom. Thanks. Thanks for what you're doing, man. Happy to uh, to jump on this call. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks, Jake. Yeah, yeah. Really cheers, point, boys. I appreciate it. I don't think any fan wants to see the team uh, be in a situation where it's all or nothing. It's either we're going for it or it's just a total failure. I, I just think it goes back to what we were talking about: trying to keep standards consistent, trying to keep um, you know a level of consistency, trying to keep a uh, specific product on the field that fans are going to show out and be proud of, and it just. I feel like right now we're in, we're in a time of we're either on or we're all out. And I just think that's a really challenging spot to be in, not only as a fan, but as an organization as well. Because th- those times that you think that you're all in, like if, you, if you're not used to going for it, if you're not used to piecing things together on the fly, if you're not used to, you know, really uh, finding talent on the free agent market, on the waiver wire, um, in the uh, upper levels of the minor leagues, uh, to try to trade for guys, to supplement these teams – it, it, I think it's just really, I, I think it's really hard to be like, all right, yeah, we can do it when we when we want to win. We, we can go for it. We we can you know uh, solve the issues when we're we're in the you know uh, heat of competition. I, I just think it's really challenging to do that. And I I don't think the Cubs are setting themselves up for a situation to handle those problems whenever they come, whenever the Cubs are going to be good again. Yeah, Dom, uh, long long time. I've uh, I've been a fan of yours for a real long time here. I just Thank I think you. if I if I'm going to be the last guy here on the on the call you're speaking, I feel like it's important for us to get back to your roots, right? You're a morale guy. So yeah. I just, I want to introduce the point that I agree, of course, with what everybody's saying. I am, of course, obviously really upset at the product that they're putting out in the field, especially with the most expensive fan experience in the league. There's really no justification for that. But I think that if we were all sitting on this call this time last year, we'd all be praising our friends down South, right? And that Rick Hahn and that organization has done their due diligence over the course of the last five, six years to build a winning product. We see right now that the White Sox, their fans are pissed and they're mad at Han and they're mad at Reinsdorf and they're mad at whomever else for not making those moves that they, that kind of following that 
strong pattern over the last few years. Yeah. He slipped up one year, one off season, and all of a sudden you're seeing that bear out, right? Yeah. Jed Hoyer talks all the time. The CH uh, GOAT guys talked about this last week about how Jed talks about stacking good decisions. Like we see it right now. They were, the White Sox were stacking good decision on good decision. They fleeced the Cubs for, for Quintana, which, I mean, you can debate the merits of that trade when it happened, but yeah, we've seen one off season and all of a sudden the White Sox are, there's so many questions about what's going on. All I'm saying is that the Cubs one season can make a difference. If we do bring in a few guys, if Jed's plan does continue to bear itself out, I don't want to sound like a shill for the organization, but I do think that we owe Jed the next couple of years to see how this plays out. And if it works, then great. But to, to his own, to use his own words against him, are we confident that the Cubs' current infrastructure is going to be able to produce good decisions on good decisions on good decisions? Because for a really long time, we couldn't. And again, the, what Zach was just saying, the overhaul of the minor league system is a great start. We're starting to see, I think, a more competitive minor league product, right? The Pelicans are in first place. Yep. They have been for a while. That's great. Yep. But I'm just, I'm not sure. I mean, we owe it to Jed for the next few years, but and, and I, and I, I want to be optimistic about what the next few years hold, but I'm just, I'm nervous that the organizational infrastructure to compete, like we shouldn't be in this position. We are the Mets. We are, the Mets. we should yeah. not be here. It should not be cyclical in nature. And I, I guess I'm just, I, I'm just at a, a loss for how we move forward from here. No, Dean, and I, I think all the points are really valid, valid. I go back to what Theo said for all those years, every season is sacred. And while you are, revamping the minor leagues while you are trying to, you know, develop a better pitching infrastructure and a smoother um, cycle in terms of players coming up and, you know, uh, players that aren't are, are, as, are looked at as less value than other players can actually come up and develop and then actually make a difference at the big league level. The problem with that is, and you're saying it yourself, like through all that time, you're just stacking up more and losses at the big league level. And the reality of the situation is, and I feel like as fans, we can kind of talk ourselves in circles. The reality of it is, is that the Chicago Cubs are an organization. They're obviously an entertainment organization. They're a business, but their goal should be to win at the big league level. And every year you don't do that. You are just producing a product that your fans don't want to be a part of. They aren't proud of. They don't feel like it's worth coming to the ballpark. They don't want to invest in the team. And that's negative consequences for future teams. And it's it's just the tear down and build back up. The tear down, the build back up is, a, in my opinion, a problem. Uh, of course, Jed deserves the opportunity to prove what he can do. Um, but at the same time, Jed, like over the last four years, you've been a part of a team that has, I mean, I don't know the record off the top of my head, is what, 40 games under 500 for the last four years? I mean, that's kind of tough. I mean, if we're being honest, that that's tough. And, uh, you know, you're at the head of that, and you're saying after four years, like, we're still in this situation now. Granted, I know you had to revamp things. Granted, I know you had to trade away guys. But, man, like, that's tough. And that's the reality that we're in. And uh, I'm, I'm disappointed in this situation right now. But uh, like you said, Dean, hopefully, hopefully things get better. And hopefully, you know, fans have the patience at least to see what Jake can do. But I, I do think it's important to hold them accountable. I'd love for a Chicago equivalent, Steve Cohen, to just buy the Cubs and decide to spend all of his money to make us great again. It would be fantastic. I think Mets fans are Mets fans, Dodgers fans. Um, well, really, those two organizations should just feel so thankful for the for the ownership that they have. I'm not saying they're great people. I know they probably made a bunch of mistakes uh, in their own personal lives, but just from a baseball standpoint, it's like wow, how like 
God, that would be just amazing to have a team like that and a, and a leadership group like that that really wants your team to win on a year-in, year-out basis. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Don. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for coming to Morale Lunch. We're going to finish up with uh, Olive Garden. Fred, who, who would you like to take to Olive Garden's token appreciation this past week? Our guy, Ian Happ. I know I tied earlier. Uh, I... I don't want to speak for the guy. I don't want to speak for anybody else. I think he's a prime trade candidate. And uh, a morale athlete, obviously, he's having the best year of his career. He's been a lightning rod in terms of criticism the last couple of years uh, for saying he's a bust and saying he's not worth it and saying he's overrated, whatever it may be. Uh, just uh, proud of how he's developed. He's changed his game. He's not striking out as much. He's uh, you know developed at, on both sides of the plate. He's developed defensively. I think that's something that any fans should be proud of. Uh, I'm proud of him as well. So hopefully he can stay as a Cub. I think he's a very valuable piece for a team moving forward. I think he can continue to compete and uh, bring value to the next great Cubs team as a veteran. Uh, I think there's a lot of value in that. So hopefully that happens. But uh, I, I want to make sure we get him in the, uh, get him to Olive Garden before the trade deadline because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, and I'm just super happy that he's played as well as he has. All right. Take us to the next week. Got Padres. We got Braves. Padres, Braves. Uh, oh, man. Hopefully no one dies for how hot it is. I know it's going to be absolutely steaming tonight. It's going to be like 90, 93 degrees at game time, which just sounds brutal. And I'm someone that really appreciates cooler weather. Um, hopefully everyone survives and hydrates during the, the game tonight, the federal landmark, and no one uh, – you know, faints or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, listen, we got to get back on track. Uh, I would love to see Caleb Killian come back up. I, I'm, I'm really focused on the starting pitching right now. Obviously I'm focused on Christopher morale. Um, you know, I don't know when Stroman's going to be back, but to me, it, it all comes down to the starting pitching, not only because the starting pitcher, there's young starting pitchers that can help the future team, but there are starting pitchers on the roster that hopefully can be uh, trade pieces moving forward. So that's kind of where my, my head lies. I know it's hard to watch. I know it's tough when you lose five games in a row and you're 15 games under 500 and you're 12 or whatever games back at first place. Um, but we're going to continue to look at the positives. We're going to continue to support and watch the team. And, you know, for some of these players, you're watching the last run of potentially a Wilson Contreras or a few others uh, as Cubs. And that's uh, as we've seen over the last couple of days, whether it be Anthony Rizzo, bad news, um, seeing those guys in a different uniform can be hard. Speaking for myself, I mean, I just hated seeing bad news in a, in a Padres uniform. He's my favorite Cub. He was my favorite Cub. Uh, I would actually say, like, now he's still my favorite Cub up there with, like, Sammy Sosa. I know the juxtaposition of personalities and morals are very different there. But um, other than that, you know, we're going to continue to support, and I appreciate everyone being here, sharing your thoughts. If you want to vent, if you want to, you know, give us your hot take, if you want to complain, if you want to try to boost morale, whatever it may be, we're here for it. And uh, thanks for everyone joining us, and we'll do it again next week. And here's a stat you can hang your hat on. The Cubs are fourth in the league in triples. How about that? All right. Take fourth that for your next triples. bar argument. Fourth in the league in triples. Last thing, and not to uh, do, do, do too much of a plug, the uh, morale store will be open uh, in a few days, right? I know, Adam, it's been open for the Christopher Morale Shower. Fourth of July drop is going to be there. So if you want to check it out, make sure you're following along. I'll make sure to tweet it out. We have some really good stuff coming. Um, and we will try our best to get everything to you before Fourth of July. God bless our you. Annual Sammy tribute. Sammy, Fourth of July special. Sammy and the Fourth of July. There's nothing like uh, uh, a Dominican man, you know, carrying the uh, American flag across the, uh, across the, the bases. 
for 9-11 after just hit a home run into the right field bleachers. It's something that I will just it, – it's synonymous now for me. When I think of America, I, I think of America and the Chicago Cubs, I think of Sammy Sosa. Nothing, nothing else tops that for me. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to having that. I think a lot of people are going to like it. All right. God bless you and your families. Thank you, everybody. TCL, hope you're feeling well. Just needs a little love.